When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your SEC Insider hit this morning is brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Any age, any sport, any injury, they've got you covered. Multiple locations, Jackson, Bellhaven, Lakeland, Floa Drive, and Madison. MississippiSportsMedicine.com. Uh, the Mississippi State Defensive Coordinator Watch continues, and we'll see if that shakes out today. It will be yes before Friday, or by Friday. With official visits coming in all over the SEC. And uh, people are freaking out, which is good for our business. Um, there is no reason to freak out, but people are freaking out. Because, uh, you know, I know people want uh, a coach to be hired and the staff to be in place in 24 hours. Although Levy's knocked out a big, big chunk of it to date. Offensive staff is in and done. And some of the defensive pieces have... Uh, are there, but I think one thing that you need to do is it doesn't always line up, but allow that coach to bring in a couple of guys. For example, you know when like Arnett was hired by Leach, he was not allowed to bring anybody in. Um, Leach already had all those, all those guys. Because I remember talking to Zach Arnett off the air, and uh, of course you know how much Zach loved Mike Leach, but he said you know right when we were that three-hour conversation that he has described to media and us on the show, we've heard it both on the air and off the air at dinner, is that he first asked for two spots, assistant coach, two assistants. And Mike's like, yeah, I can't do that. And he said, well, can I get one? And I think there was a little bit of discussion, and there was, that was a no. So, you know, when you look at this around the country and you see coordinators open, you know, do they get to bring anybody with them? A lot of times they don't. Every now and then they do. So we are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We welcome in Brad Logan, Ole Miss Insider, 247 Sports. Brad, good morning. Merry Christmas. How are you? Good morning to you, Bo. It's, uh, I enjoyed listening to that, uh, what you were just talking about. I, I'm fascinated to see what Mississippi State does. I mean, I think everybody's kind of zoned in, at least from industry circles, on D.J. Durkin to see what happens there. Also, I, will, I would also say this. I do not think it's a cause for concern either um, because so many of these coaches are preparing for major bowl games. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think as long as Levy does something by the end of the week, I don't think there's any cause for concern. And there are a lot of great candidates out there. So I think, he, uh, I think he'll do a great job in that hire. Well, you know, it's different than when you and I were growing up, Brad, and Ole Miss and Mississippi State in the 70s and 80s didn't have any money and really kind of the 90s. But today, it's nothing for either one of them to uh, to slap a seven-figure salary on coordinators. It's crazy, is it not? It really is, and that's completely changed the dynamic of what we have watched. You know, growing up, you know, I jokingly uh, exchanged some texts with some friends about missing Ron Franklin from the late 1990s. 
uh, last night. And, um, you know, you really thinking about those late 90s, early 2000s, uh, you've got coordinators that were making nothing like $1.2 million. Um, even, you could even talk about what Coach Brewer and Coach Cheryl made back in those days. And it pales in comparison to where we are uh, in the world of NIL and uh, the completely changed landscape of college football now. Speaking of NIL, uh, and you're right, Cheryl and Brewer, I think in 93, were making $250,000 a piece, which is kind of funny. You got in house guys making that now we didn't even know what in-house guys were um you know these the chief of staffs and so on but um so where where are you with with is the jackson dart thing a done deal he's coming back i i don't know that anything's a done deal but i think right now uh everybody's kind of looking to see what happens with for example micah pettis the uh, the left tackle who was injured midway through the year and uh, obviously missing him in the Georgia game, I don't know that it made that big a difference, but it obviously was a big deal. That offensive front was really beat up. So everybody's kind of looking at him. Trey Harris is obviously a name that everyone's looking at, the talented wide receiver for Ole Miss. And then Jordan Watkins, the other wide receiver. Uh, those are uh, three of the names that everyone's looking to see if they go pro. And not necessarily into the portal, but, but to go pro. Uh, otherwise, I think they're coming back. You know, we heard from Lane Kiffin in the uh, Peach, uh, Peach Bowl introductory press conference and he does not anticipate anyone uh, opting out of the bowl. Now, we did see Dave Wade is electing to enter his name in the NFL draft, but he did say he was going to play in the bowl game. So I do expect there'll be some transfers probably uh, coming after the bowl game. Now, the answer to the question, I don't know for sure, 100%. Sure, everyone, including me, thinks Jackson Dart uh, will 100% be back. But I, I'm hesitant about saying for sure. But I do think there's a very high probability that it comes back. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Yeah, I would think so. Just... um you know, he's having a good career. He's trending the right way. But with as many guys that are that are going into the NFL draft at the quarterback position, it's a deep, deep group, as you know, this year in spring of 2024. Um, yeah, I don't. I think Dart would be a, a day three pick, Brad. How do you see it? Yeah, I don't know that he would be a, a top-round pick. And, and if you think you can better yourself, that's the, that's the key, right? If you think you can come back to the college game and better yourself for the uh, NFL draft the following year, that's the recipe for success. And, and there's one player, too, I didn't mention. It, it's Caden Prescore. You know, Caden has, has graded really well 
He, he not only caught the ball well, we remember, you know, that great uh, catch he made in the Egg Bowl, but I think more than anything, the way he, he run blocks. And that's one thing that Lane Kiffin has really talked about and uh, Charlie Weiss Jr. about how well he blocks uh, when Ole Miss runs the football. So having him back, I think, in a huge in this bowl game, and of course next year would be big, but he's he's a name to watch for sure. And uh, that's kind of the the main names. And, and I do think it would be best for Jackson Dart. Uh, and, and I think in large part, not necessarily as much, uh, but for Caden Prescorn as well to come back and, and to better their stock. Trey Harris is a name. I don't know, but I, I think he would project really well. I'll be interested to see if he comes back. I thought, you know, his catch radius, the way he's able to get separation with defensive backs in the SEC, I thought was really good in this uh, being the high uh, um, being the high point of football. I mean, I thought he, he was one of the better receivers in the, in the conference, specifically in the red zone. And uh, so I think he'll grade really well, and we'll have to see what happens with, with Brad Harris. Okay, Brad Logan, 247 Sports, Ole Miss Insider. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Um, do you think how heavy do you think Lane Kiffin will go in this portal session? I don't, yeah, I don't think it will be as heavy. I think it will still be heavy, but I don't think it will be as heavy as we've seen in the past. I mean, there, there's a reason that people you know gave him the moniker of the, the portal king. I mean, he, he was kind of at the, the forefront of this portal season that we see, uh, where I think you know thousands of players are entering the portal. And, and Bo, I just saw a stat of how many really good quarterbacks are entering the transfer portal. It is bizarre uh, how many you know how many people are entering the portal now. But I do think there's some, some areas of concern for Ole Miss. I think they'll go heavy in the portal, so to speak, at offensive line. I think a defensive line is always always an area in the defensive backfield. I think at all points uh, in the defense, they'll be definitely looking at some transfers. But offensively, Bo, I think, without question, maybe a couple of receivers, depending on what Trey Harris does. But 100%, I, I look for Ole Miss to go heavy in the offensive line for sure. Yeah, and that's a tough – I was reading an article, Brad, on The Athletic. I don't know if you read it this week, but it was a pretty scathing article. We mentioned it yesterday the day before on Deion Sanders. And um, who, who wrote that? you remember? I don't remember who wrote I it. I think I read about it. I think I read but a little bit of it. It, it walked you through, and they, they had several Pac-12 coaches um, quoted on condition um, anonymity. And so they said, look, I, it's going to get worse at Colorado. And one of the guys said, look, there's 60 – one of the coaches, one of the Pac-12 – I guess it was the Pac-12 now, whatever. But one of the Pac-12 coaches said, Brad, he said, look, there's 65 Power 5 teams, and there's 30 legit offensive linemen in the portal. And I yeah. went, wow. And yeah. he basically he was saying that Dion could not rebuild both sides of the line of scrimmage in the portal, that he was going to have to understand that he was going to have to do both, but he was going to have to sign high school kids. And that really jumped out at me, Brad. One thing, and Bo, I- I wouldn't be surprised if you noticed this as well. But when when, when Deion took the job, and you know there began to come reports that he basically told the previous players, you know, you're not wanted anymore. We're going to just transfer everybody in. Okay, I get that. Maybe they're not set for your system. But if you look at programs like let's use here in state, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, we've had coaching changes. A lot of them, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, 
both those the coaching uh, new coaching hires coming in, they had adapt. Now we could argue that Zach, Zach Arnett didn't quite adapt as much as he needed to, but I do think there's some adaptation from what Mike had uh, versus what he had this year. I think it's easily to say Ole Miss adapted well under Kiffin versus when they had Matt Luke and then by you know what have you. The point I'm trying to make is, is is you can't go in and just have wholesale change that you expect to build a program. Now, Ole Miss does lean in the portal a lot because it's the last couple of years. We've also seen Lane, over the last year or two, really this year and last year, lean heavily into high school recruiting. Mississippi State's always been there. They've always been traditionally uh, really, really well in high school recruiting. Well, Ole Miss has, has done much better over the last couple of years. I think Lane and the staff, along with other good staffs in the SEC, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, you on and on. The absolute, you know, bread and butter of that class is what, Bo? It is high school recruiting. And I think yeah. in order to build a foundation, you have to recruit high schools. Deion wasn't doing that. It was wholesale changes in, in the portal. So I did not, you know, I'm not surprised by the fact that, that they really faltered down the stretch, and now he's in a tough, tough spot with so many transfers in and out. But as to your question and the comment about the article, that just goes to show you how important NIL is. And I know Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and many other programs in the SEC have really nice NIL programs. I think states really made a couple of big steps over the last month or so to, to put more money in their NIL program. Ole Miss is very, you know, very affluent right now with their NIL. So it helps programs like that when you have those very good offensive linemen in the portal. In fact, Ole Miss will be hosting one of those uh, in the portal now from Indiana. He'll be on campus this weekend. So uh, it's definitely a position of need. And if you've got money, though, I mean, I, I think that's where you can make hay in the transfer portal. And right now, oh, this is, is, is doing quite well. Yeah, I, I think you, you know, if you can get one offensive lineman in the portal that's actually legit, that can start, then that's, that's a home run. Because um, if there's only 30 legit Power 5 guys and there's 65 Power 5 teams, we all know, you know, you're not going to land three starters in the portal. Here's the uh, by the way it was Bruce Feldman who wrote this article yeah. on on Deion Sanders. Here was the quote I was looking for. This was a Pac-12 coach and I quote, "It's going to get dark for Colorado." I mean, dang. Uh so that and there were some other quotes in here of just how bad they were from from Pac-12 coaches and mm-hmm. what a disservice it was to Shador you know, Sanders, who got beat to hell and back, um, you know, the last eight or nine ga- games of the season. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Have you have you been able to uh, – have you done any, you know, reading up on Penn State as you all get ready for the December 30th um, Chick-fil-A Bowl at 11 a.m.? Yeah, I have, Bo, and, and they're really good. And, you know, the record is similar to – well, identical to all this, and actually – the way they got the 10-2 is very similar to how Ole Miss got the 10-2. Uh, they lost uh, at home to Michigan, played them well, but lost 24-15. to And, of course, lost to Ohio State at Ohio State, but it was close. It was 20-12. to And Ole Miss lost to Georgia, lost to Alabama. So two teams are mirror images of each other. One interesting game that uh, Ole Miss fans may not realize is that uh, Iowa was the team that Ole Miss was slated to play in the Citrus Bowl. And, you know, me and a million other people thought that Ole Miss was probably headed to the Citrus. Very outside shot to Cotton. And to me, Bo, I'm not going to lie, Pete came out of nowhere. I did not see it coming. But uh, anyway, they 
they beat Penn State, played Iowa earlier this year, beat them 31 to nothing. So um, this is a really good Penn State team, beat an Illinois team. And, and you know, we've got a, a Mississippi guy uh, up in Illinois playing quarterback. They beat them 30 to 13. So uh, it, it's a really good team, uh, played really good defense. And it'll be interesting to see Ole Miss's offense versus Penn State's defense. And yeah, on the surface, I haven't really did a very big deep dive into Penn State. Heard from James Franklin, who was very complimentary of Lane. Um, and, you know, we know we know James Franklin from his days at Vanderbilt. And I don't know if this is something to hang your hat on, but uh, James Franklin, the winningest coach in Vanderbilt history, and it's not even close. And yeah. it's a guy that knows <laughs> what he's doing. And his name is always tied to job south because of how well he did at Vanderbilt. So, yeah, really good Penn State team coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, and Manny Diaz, defensive coordinator, man. You mentioned yeah. those scores. I mean, he carried, you know, the defense carried them, and um, obviously they just had a guy opt out to go to the NFL, uh, and I can't blame him. He's a phenomenal football player. Uh, right. But Manny's done he's done a really good job for James Franklin. He can't get the offense where he wants it, but that defense was dominant. It is. and It's a storied program. It'll be a really cool uniform game for fans that, that are into that sort of thing, and I'll be interested to see what concept Ole Miss uh, comes out with. If, uh, you know, Penn State will be the home team, so they'll be wearing the navy jerseys with the white lids and the, the white pants. Ole Miss have a, a ton of options. It, it makes you wonder if Ole Miss may do a color rush. Uh, we'll see if uh, the Peach Bowl will allow that. I'm actually going to visit with uh, Gary Stokin uh, later on today, the, the CEO of the Peach Bowl. That's one of the questions I'm going to ask him is, uh, you know, what are the – the, uh, the limits on what Ole Miss can do from a uniform standpoint. But, you know, I had a chance to, to, to watch the video of when Ole Miss was announced. And, Bo, that, that, that selection committee at the Peach Bowl went nuts. And, and, and I don't think they went nuts because they liked the colors red and blue. They, they went nuts because they know Ole Miss is going to bring a lot of people. They're going to spend a lot of money in Atlanta. And I think they're going to get a lot of eyes on television. That 11 a.m. slot on, on uh, November, uh, December the 30th against Penn State to be on ESPN. I think it's a good slide for Ole Miss, and uh, it's a really nice reward for a program that doesn't have a really good year. Yeah, no, I mean, Lane Lane is doing things that have never been done. It's, uh, I mean, and he's got a chance to win 11 games. Ole Miss has never won 11 games right. in, a, in a season. You know, hadn't beat Auburn back-to-back since 1954, um, which is which is incredible, too. So, I mean, he's, he's doing things that, that no one has ever done, um, especially in the modern era, and it's it's impressive. It, well, he grew up, Brad. I mean, that's what happened. You know, y'all, none of us knew when he was hired, other than we knew his name, and he kind of had the the spoiled brat deal around him, and he really grew up the four or five years before getting the job at Alabama and Florida Atlantic, and was like, yeah. "Hey, I'm not going to waste this," and. He's hitting on all so he's got a couple of things going. There he's in house, they know how to staff. He must delegate like a an absolute pro. Uh he knows what he wants to do and then he he knows what he wants everybody else to do. And he understands who to hire and then like you said he got on the portal early and then his call to action to me this is one of the most brilliant things Lane has done. He pushes the alums to give more money to NIL, and he does it through press conferences. A lot of times when Ole Miss loses, um, it's a call to action. But, um, yeah, 
he he's he saw the portal. It's much busier this you know last year even that first year he had the pick of the litter. Um, last year, as you know, Brad, uh, m- many more players, including the Blue Bloods, <laughs> and then this year, you know, the same thing. Are you going to go over to the Chick Fil A Bowl? Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, had a chance to go to the Kickoff Classic a couple of years ago and almost played Louisville. It's a really cool stadium. Uh, it, it, it's open air at the top. They can't close it. It's uh, it's, it's it's interesting. Uh, so uh, looking forward to to the game. And you made some good points about Lane. Honestly, but I think when he really grew up was after uh, the whole Ole Miss Auburn fiasco with his name in the mix, not in the mix. And, and when Ole Miss went on the road and he got embarrassed in Arkansas, I think that's when the rubber met the road, so to speak. And uh, I just feel like that, that when he understood that uh, that's not how you handle business in the SEC uh, in order to win, sure, you can do that, but uh, you're going to suffer. And Ole Miss suffered, the fans suffered, the administration suffered. And, uh, you know, hey, look, credit Mississippi State, Mike Lewis. They came in and played a, a great game last year. But Ole Miss played a lot better than they did against Arkansas. And then, of course, had a great offseason and then sitting here at 10-2. I think Ole Miss is better because of it. Lane Kiffin's better because of it. Uh, but uh, I do think that was the turning point in Lane Kiffin, not only his coaching career, but uh, his time at Ole Miss as well. Yeah. No, I think there's there's something to that that, that wasn't handled well. And he kind of redeemed himself, I guess. And yeah. uh, ten and two with the chance to go eleven and two against Penn State. That's an eleven a.m. game, December thirtieth, um, in Atlanta. And Brad's right. I mean, it's easy to get to drive in, fly in, and uh, they've got a healthy alumni base in Atlanta. So that's why that Chick Fil A board and CEO uh, bowl were all excited because they know that um, Ole Miss fans will go celebrate. And and spend some money, and I think Penn State could have a at least a pretty nice. Oh, I, um, I think they'll have a great crowd. I really do. Yeah. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good trip. It's a huge airport. So I mean, you know, you could probably fly direct wherever you live in Pennsylvania to, to Atlanta, and so should be an easier trip in. And, and there are plenty of hotel rooms, and the Peach Bowl does it right. So yeah, I expect a huge crowd. It's it's sold out um, now. Obviously, as you know, Bo, the, the Falcons season ticket holders get first rights on these so all of those tickets oh. are on Ticketmaster for resale so you can go on there and that's why there's so many tickets available is those falcon season ticket holders have uh, have done that but yeah Ole Miss will get 13,000 seats uh, tickets uh, Penn State 13,000 as well so that's you know last year or year before Sugar Bowl they only got like 7,800 so uh, this is a nice free for Ole Miss and but yeah I mean, plenty of tickets in the secondary market and yeah I expect a huge huge crowd uh, Ole Miss and uh, Penn State as well Brad Logan, uh, you still having fun in sports media and everything you're doing? Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, getting to do this and talk to good people like you that just love the sport. And, you know, I had a chance to visit with with someone yesterday who's uh, involved in the Road Collective, and, and we were just talking about how times have changed. And we, we referenced that, you know, back in the 90s and the early 2000s when you and I were, were really coming up into college and enjoying sports. It is completely different, and it's going to continue to change uh, with the advent of the 12th team playoff. You know, you know, this is another story for another day, but we can we can talk about it then. But but I worry about games like the Liberty Bowl, and you know, I worry about games like the Gasparilla Bowl. Whenever you get a 12th team playoff, and those teams that don't make the top 12, how important or is the Outback Bowl? It's the Citrus Bowl going to be? And, um, it's you know, not. And it's already I, they've all yeah. they've already been devalued, uh, all of them. Um, 
And you're it's right. It's almost like it's an extra game, right? I mean, it's almost like a yeah. spring game, a glorified spring game, because you know you'll have players opt out if they, if they just don't matter. And in this New Year's Six games, I mean, yeah, I think they matter. They matter more than the Citrus Bowl, but it's not the college football playoff. So no. I think getting players back and getting players up to play in these games is a testament to the coaching staff and to the fan bases. So uh, that's definitely something to watch. I, I agree. It, I think it's a couple of things. I, I think it's <laughs> you're talking about the the bowl games outside of the the college football playoff. They've been devalued, but I think for sports betting, um, ESPN needs the inventory. Okay, they want to show a bunch of games, as you know. They bundle them, Brad, and they sell them to Capital One and Tostitos and so on. And like I said, sports betting. And for the players to go somewhere for four or five days, I think that's fun. Other than that, it kind of is what it is. But uh, Brad Logan, we may do this again before Christmas, but uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. We'll talk soon, okay? Thank you, Bo. Enjoy it. Uh, 247 Sports Podcast. You see him on TV. And uh, Brad Logan joining us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. This show is driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder in the all-new body style at Canon Nissan in Jackson and the Nissan Rogue, their crossover with fantastic gas mileage. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I'm your host, Bo Bounds.